Thank you for hitting download and subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today's episode, I'm doing a review of WWE Clash of Champions 2017. I'm here with Zach Epstein once again. And before we get started on the review, I want to tell you guys about superkickfoundation.org's Superkick the Holidays 3 that they're doing right now. Uh, the Superkick Foundation is a great, great thing. I've had Emmanuel Matkins on my show before to talk about the organization and all the great things that they do. I'm going to read this right off of their website. It's what they're doing for the holidays, and I'm going to tell you how you can get involved. Um, I'm reading this right off the site. As you may have heard, Puerto Rico has been ravished by a horrendous storm that has left the islands without power and resources for months now. In addition, the people in the Virgin Islands have experienced the same hardship, and unfortunately without the same coverage and support of the Puerto Rico relief effort. Uh, so why not you know, do the best to give together you know, for this, this cause? Uh, what the goal is for the Superkick Foundation is $3,000. And what they want to do with that $3,000 is give $1,000 each to Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And then they're going to give $1,000 in Young Bucks merchandise to homeless folks in the New York City area, uh, which stays true to the original spirit of oh, what their campaign started as. So that's a great thing. If they make $3,000 in donations... Puerto Rico is going to get a thousand. The Virgin Islands are going to get a thousand, and there's going to be a thousand dollars worth of Young Bucks merchandise given out to the homeless people of New York City. So uh, that's a great thing they're doing. So once again, go on superkickfoundation.org. Once again, that is superkickfoundation.org, and participate in Superkick the Holidays three over there. They're doing great stuff. It's a really great thing that Emmanuel Matkins has put together over there. Also, make sure to check out Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and I'll have some dates for you guys shortly on where they're going to be um, upcoming and who they'll have with them with the folks at Heroes and Legends. Always great stuff. Uh, if you ever want to get any of the stuff that I mentioned before, action figures, magazines, programs, all that stuff, Heroes and Legends is the place for you. They're great people and they do fair business, so you can't go wrong. Hit them up, like I said, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HL Pro Wrestling. Also, shout out to Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing coach. Um, actually, Delgado Boxing is disbanding from what I understand, so just hit up Brian. Uh, I'll, get your, I'll get you his new um, contact information. His number will stay the same. It's going to be 404-316-4516. Once again, that's 404-316-4516. Use that to contact him until further notice. But he will continue to corner boxers and continue to help you with your uh, personal training and all that stuff. But he will be changing gyms because Delgado Boxing is disbanding, uh, from what I do understand. Um, Also, last but not least, you know, our predictions for... WWE Clash of Champions 2017 was brought to you by WrestleRumble.com, as well as every other podcast that I do. So once again, that is WrestleRumble.com. Jump on their website, grab a t-shirt, and follow them on Twitter at WrestleRumble to stay up to date with everything they do in all of their contests. All right, so let's talk about WWE Clash of Champions 2017. I almost forgot the name of the show there for a second again. Um, here with Zach Epstein, like I mentioned at the beginning. Zach, how you doing, man? You ready to uh, talk about this show? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. It was a pretty good show. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I thought the show started off really well also. I mean, the, the first half of the show I thought was great. Uh, the pre-show, we'll talk about that real quick. Mojo Rawley defeated Zack Ryder 
singles match in a little under 17 minutes. This went a lot longer than I expected it to, but I thought it was solid. It did what it needed to. Mojo won clean. I got no problem with that. My prediction was Mojo Raleigh. I was correct there. Uh, Zach, you got any extra thoughts on that one? Uh, no, I mean, you figured that they would, that Mojo would go over the heat. He's the one that needs the, the push more than Ryder. Um, yeah, I know you were mentioning like the pre or the uh, vignettes that he was, the promos that Mojo was putting out online, sort of like the ones that Baron was doing. Yeah, his um, Twitter promo was like, was the best thing he's ever done in his career. And they didn't use it for the buildup on TV at all, which I thought was a big mistake. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to see. Let's, he finally is going to be doing something after he won the Battle Royal so many months ago. Yeah, and I like this side of Mojo. It, he's way more entertaining and way more interesting, in my opinion, right now than he was as just, like, the, you know, stay hype guy. Now he's, like, actually got a mean streak and a purpose and... He's a competitor who wants to win matches, and he's going to move up the card. Don't know what's next for Zack Ryder, but, you know, Mojo is going to be the focus in this for sure. So it served its purpose, and I have no problem with it. Um, up next, we had Dolph Ziggler defeating Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode in a triple threat match to win the United States Championship in just under 23 minutes. I thought that this was a pretty damn good match. Uh, all three of these guys worked really well. Uh, Ziggler with the win was unexpected. I chose Rude in my predictions. I thought the ending was really cool, although Bobby Rude couldn't. So basically, if you haven't seen it, Baron Corbin is trying to do an end of days to Bobby Rude. Dolph Ziggler jumps up and hits a zigzag on Baron Corbin as Corbin's trying to do the end of days. And in the process, Ziggler accidentally grabs Rude's leg so Rude can't actually swing into the end of day so he falls like really awkwardly kind of in like a seated position but it served the purpose like Ziggler got the zigzag they all fell down it was what it was I like the idea behind it and I really like the Ziggler character as far as like you know him not using entrance music and it he kind of has like that attitude of like, he just doesn't give a damn about anything right now. And he can take or leave the WWE as we've heard in his interviews with guys like edge and Christian. Like he really just, at this point he can leave WWE and be just as happy or probably happier than he is right now. So he, he's really out there like a guy with nothing to lose. And I like that. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on this one and Ziggler getting the surprise win? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, it, it was, it was a good match to watch. Um, the finish was weird. Like, I mean, watching watching Rude go down like that, it, it sort of just... Hope he was all right. It didn't look like it was going to be too terrible of a landing. But, uh, I mean, like you said, completely unexpected. Um, a couple weeks ago, like, when we when it was announced on Facebook, I, I remember mentioning, I was like, oh, Ziggler just rarely pops in the match. He's probably going to win. Uh, just jokingly, even though with my Wrestle Rumble, I did go with Bobby Rude going to get the win because I felt like he needed it or deserved it over those other two guys. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see what they do next. Um, who's going to get the rematch. I mean, obviously Baron Corbin will get a rematch against Ziggler, but hopefully Bobby Roode doesn't just stray too far away from mid card title or anything like that. Yeah. I thought that giving Bobby Roode the U S championship would have been a really good move because they need to do something big with him. Cause he's just kind of been kind of stagnant on SmackDown as of, as of so far since he debuted on that show. But Jeff Meacham on the predictions brought up a d an interesting point. He said that he could see, he wasn't making it an official prediction, but he said, I could see Bobby Roode maybe winning the Royal Rumble 
you know, getting put into the, the world title picture, and that might be why they're keeping the U.S. title off of him. But I don't know. I, I know that Rude needs to get some big Ws, and he might need a heel turn already also. I, I don't know. The, the issue with Bobby Rude for me is in NXT, like, everybody knew what his character was. Like, he was trying to make it Bobby Rude's NXT. He was a heel. He wanted the fans wearing suits and, like, slicking their hair back and being, like, corporate people who liked NXT. And that was his whole character. But now on the main roster, he's just, like, the glorious guy with, like, the, the music that everybody knows, but not really much outside of that. He does, like, a lot of Ric Flair stuff, which I like. But, you know, they got to do something with him or else he's going to wind up I'm not I'm not comparing him to Mike Kanellis by any means, like in this scenario, but I'm just saying, like, look at what they did with Mike Kanellis. He they didn't he didn't have any any kind of momentum behind him, and then his wife gets pregnant, uh, and then it's like the guy can't even get time on the show. And he came in with a lot of uh a lot of momentum from the indies before he made it onto the main roster. So, you know, I just don't want stuff like that to happen to a guy like Bobby Roode. He's too good, he's too talented. But I do like Dolph Ziggler winning, and I do not know what's next, but Rude and Ziggler and Corbin have all wrestled each other a lot of times. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens next. Yeah. Um, up next, though, we had a really good match. Really, really good tag team match. Uh, the Usos retained their titles against the New Day, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, and Rusev and Aiden English. Before the match, Rusev and English were over huge with the crowd. And they still were during the match. Like, especially Rusev. The crowd is totally into the Rusev Day thing, and Aiden English is doing fantastic work. I mean, I this tag team is unexpected, but they're doing really, really good things. Um, I chose Gable and Benjamin in my predictions, but I have no problem whatsoever with the Usos retaining because I think that they're doing the best work of their career. Awesome, awesome stuff. The New Day still has, you know, still has life. I, I imagine that they'll break up sometime soon because I don't know what else you can really do with them. But I've been saying that for a while now, but and they continue to, you know, stay relevant. So all these teams are good. The SmackDown tag team division is solid right now. They got a lot of really good teams on there. So I'm happy about that. I thought the star of this match was Chad Gable. If you had to choose one person to highlight, you know, the Rusev got, you know, huge reactions, him in English. But Chad Gable, especially towards the end when he was just hitting those German suplexes and those roll-through German suplexes on everybody and going nuts, and he was showing flares. I tweeted, I mean, I've been saying it since I saw him, saw him in NXT the first time, but I said it on the Prediction podcast. I also tweeted about it right after this match. Chad Gable, in my opinion, is a future WWE champion. Like, at some point, this, this guy is going to go off, and he's still in the learning process, but once he puts everything together and they really give him a decent push, this guy is going to be so money because his athletic ability, his size is going to be a detriment to an extent because he's he's fairly short. But then again, if, if he's in their main eventing with guys like maybe like a Finn Balor or an AJ Styles or something like that, his size isn't going to isn't going to be an issue at all. It's actually going to make for better matches. So that's my thoughts on that. I, I th- but I said the match the match was really 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 good. I like the Usos a lot, and I thought Gable came across like a star. Rusev in English. Psh- doing great and the new day still still very good for what they are um do you have anything to add to that zach god i don't even know if there's anything to add to that like i mean those it, it was just freaky like those o'connor roll germans that gable was doing like i mean just picking biggie up like it was absolutely nothing um and then aiden english got dropped on his freaking neck during during his that he took so that was that was good to watch 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 really insane how how much my views on like Aiden English have changed in the past like three four months when I forget who we first started feuding with and then was losing his feud and then he had... was with Orton for a second. Oh yeah, quick couple thing, and that was when he got paired up with Rusev with the Rusev Day thing. But no, nah, I mean it's it's crazy. Like I would have I wouldn't have minded Aiden English or Rusev winning that, but on Well my... he was doing something with Dillinger also at one point. Oh yeah. So that was is. probably what you're thinking of, yeah. yeah. That was the first real feud thing. And then speaking of, where the heck has Dillinger been doing That's a good question. Doing nothing, not even on the show or pre show. Um but yeah, was, I would I'd watch all eight of those guys go at it again. That was that was a great match. Yeah. A lot of good stuff to look forward to in the SmackDown tag team division. So no problems with any of that at all. Um, up next, we had Charlotte Flair defeating Natalia by submission. My prediction in this one was Charlotte by submission, so I was correct in this. Uh, just over 20 minutes. This was a lumberjack match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I thought it was a good match. It was, uh, well, I sh- it was a good match. It was good storytelling. But the match itself was a lot of stuff going on on the outside. But at least they utilized the lumberjacks. I don't know. It was what it was. I thought it was a good match, though, and I think the best part of the whole thing was Natalia's promo afterwards, because I don't know where that's all going. It sounded almost like a retirement speech, but I don't think that's what it was. And Charlotte on Talking Smack after the show with Sam Roberts and Renee Young really showed a lot of emotion there. It's really clear how badly she wants to be you know, regarded as the best. And not only the best, what Charlotte said that I thought was interesting on Talking Smack was that she wants to make it so that she's irreplaceable. Like, she wants it to be where, like, the WWE looks at her and, and thinks, like, we can't replace Charlotte Flair. Like, we, like, and that's the kind of position you want to be in as a performer in the WWE. You want to be somebody who they can't just get rid of and replace. You got to be somebody that they that they want and that they rely on, that they count on, that they look to. And that's what Charlotte wants to be. So I have no problems with that. I thought the match was, like I said, it was, it was a good match. It told a good story. A little too much on the outside with the Lumberjacks for my liking, but I I understand the reasoning behind it. Uh, Zach, any extra thoughts on this Charlotte versus Natalia match? Um, yeah, I, I I liked what it accomplished. I really thought, um, on my prediction, I had I had a DQ win. I really thought, like, Riot Squad would be, like, involved in the end, and I sort of can see, like, Natalia being the supervillain and leader of the Riot Squad because I feel like, with three sort of unknown NXTers coming up. Like, I mean, with Absolution, you have Paige leading, so you can be like, all right, cool. She's an established wrestler. But with Ruby, like, she sort of didn't really do anything in NXT that was quite notable. I mean, she was in a couple four-way matches for the belt. But other than that, you can't really see her just leading a faction like this. So I felt like Natalia would be really good. I thought that they would help her get a win. Um, I was wrong on that, obviously. Um, but with that promo at the end, with her crying, like, I mean, that's either going to be, like you said, retirement or she'll just come back in a completely new, new gimmick, new way about her. And, and we'll see where it goes from there. What I'd really like to see, I know I kind of joked about it last night, but I'd like, I mean, I'd love to see Tyson Kidd kid back just in general, even if it's, you know, I would love to see him back as a wrestler, obviously, but if he can't be and they can put him back on the road, I'd love to see Tyson Kidd come back as Natalia's manager. Like, I don't know why they haven't tried that, if, if he's if he's able to. I don't know what his situation is with, like, his neck and his standing with the company and all that stuff. But I know he's still employed by the WWE. 
So I don't know why they wouldn't use him. I mean, it's it's always, it shouldn't say always, but it's usually a pretty good idea when you put a male manager with a female superstar if you do it right. Like, I think it can be really entertaining stuff. Like, I liked when Stevie Richards was with uh, Victoria, for instance. Like, it was a mid-card thing, but it was it was a little different, but it's, I don't know. It, it's like they're married, and Tyson Kidd's great, so... I'd like to see him back on the show if he's if he's able to do it once again. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Charlotte's still the champion. And I'd imagine that her next feud will be with the Riot Squad, maybe. Or, I mean, or maybe Carmella does something with the money in the bank soon. I, I don't know. See, that would have been good last night. I, I like the tease with it, but um, it would have been good to see her cash in. That would have been a perfect opportunity for it. And that's another thing. I just mentioned, like, the male manager you know like Ellsworth perfect example you know I wish that he was still there I think that, that was a really dumb move to get rid of him while she still had the money in the bank especially um so oh well it is it once again just is what it is and we'll see what's next for Charlotte but I thought this told a good story um up next we had the Bludgeon Brothers defeating Breezango in one minute and 55 seconds this was I think exactly what everyone expected I Still think the Bludgeon Brothers are a little too gimmicky for my taste, but their matches and their in-ring work is great, and I have no problem with that side of it. I'll say it once, I'll say it a million times, Luke Harper is one of the best in the world. I mean, just in any company, Luke Harper is amazing at what he does, and he's underutilized even in this scenario, but it's good to see him doing something. Uh, Zach, your thoughts on this one? Because uh, I know you're a big Breezango fan during the Fashion Files and stuff, and this was supposed to really be the blow off to that to that feud, really, like the whole all the mysteries and all the the two Bs and all that stuff. This was it, and it was a, a complete squash. Yeah, um, it was it was weird. Like, I mean, you thought they would put up a little bit more of a fight than just the jobbers that they were destroying, um, but apparently not. So, like, I mean, if they're just gonna go out there and destroy like people that were almost tag team champions like two months ago three months ago or whatever, um, who's going to be able to put up a fight against them? Like, it's it's a little ridiculous. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they they do some crazy moves. Their their tag team action is, is really great. Uh, hopefully they just, I don't know, I mean, do you keep just, like, giving them, like, the brawn treatment, just keep feeding them week and week, and then put a big blockade in the way with, like, New Day or Usos and see what see what happens? I don't know. I'd say, I mean, that, they got a lot of ways they can go with it, Uh the one team that I can think of that's within the WWE system that I could see them matching up against and trying to make it a big deal would be them and uh, the Authors of Pain, possibly. If, just, if they if they ever move... Well, I shouldn't say if they ever, whenever they move up to the main roster. If But that's the thing is you have to build them the same way on the main roster. Like that That's the only problem with teams like the Bludgeon Brothers and like the Authors of Pain. Um and there's other examples too. These are just the first two that come to mind since we're talking about them. But there are these teams that like to build their credibility. They they squash everybody, which is fine. But like, like you said, at some point you have to have like a real test. And the question for a team like the Bludgeon Brothers is, do you run through teams until you're the champions, and then around that time start, you know, having competitive matches like at that level or do you never make it to the titles or you know how who knows i mean there's a lot of things they can do though but i think a team like the bludgeon brothers versus a team like the uh, authors of pain would be that'd be a good matchup 
something like that. But but that that really does beg the question of like when because the Bludgeon Brothers are they're just destroying everybody right now. So I don't know at what point it becomes competitive. I don't know. Yeah, it'll. We'll see. I mean, I like watching them in the ring, so obviously just like keep it going. But I mean, maybe heavy machinery, something like that. Yeah, just a little. Uh, they're gonna, but that's the thing. Any of those teams are gonna take a build up period on the main roster. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the, the, I, I I guess I'm probably I'm probably staying on it too long to be honest. But it's Breezango is a. Uh, is a jobber team all now, I guess, like completely again. They're kind of back in the spot that they were before all of the fashion files and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's better than it, at least they're better than the Ascension, who's just only on fashion files and nothing else. That's true. That was another team that was built like the Bludgeon Brothers at one point, but now it's just so you just never know. Up next, we had a really it was a really good match, but it had really, really, really good storytelling. We had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura in just under 32 minutes. Long match, obviously. Uh, we had Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon as the special guest referees. I like the storytelling, though, because pre-match, and by the way, I was correct on the prediction, but pre-match, I was, uh, I was saying, how are they going to do this? Because when somebody's being pinned like there's no way that Brian and McMahon are going to be able to synchronize their three counts so like how does that work what are the rules you know and like the the announcers and stuff were just saying that over and over what are the rules what are the and anyway so you know I thought it was interesting because they kind of like made a line down the middle of the ring and it was you know if the pinfall happens on Daniel Bryan's side he would count it if it was on Shane McMahon's side he would count it and it was good storytelling and it was a good match. All these guys can work. Uh, Owens, for my money, is one of the best in the world in any company. Zayn is right there with him. And Zayn is doing the best work he's done so far in the WWE as a heel right now. Yep. Easily. Um, Randy Orton. Yeah, yep, yep movement. Um, Randy Orton still doing really solid work. And Shinsuke is doing great too. And it was good to see that Shinsuke didn't take the pinfall in this one. Uh, the match ends with Daniel Bryan doing a fast count for Owens and Zayn after a whole lot of stuff had gone on. Um, a lot more stuff than I'd, I'd care to recap. But if you haven't seen the match, just check it out. and You'll know what I'm talking about. But there was like two or three things that led to Bryan finally doing that fast count. And now it's kind of teasing the whole idea of like, is Daniel Bryan like kind of siding with Owens and Zayn at this point? And this is one of the better stories that, WWE is told in a long time, and it's over on the SmackDown brand, which I like a lot. So, good match, and a lot of good things to look forward to storyline-wise, because there's a lot of things they can do now. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on Zayn and Owens getting this big win? Yeah, uh, I mean, I my prediction was right. I did pick them to win. Um, you sort of feel like, I mean, the the angle of them getting fired from all of WWE, it's like, I mean, how many times have they done that and the person actually gets fired? I'm... Right, and even if they lose the match, like John, like it happened a few years ago with John Cena in the Nexus. Like he got fired, and then I think it was like seven days later he was back on. You know what I mean? Like it's they're not gonna to, for anyone to actually think that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would ever get fired from the company, win or lose, is hilarious because there's mm-hmm. you know what are they what are they gonna do? Let the, let them go and show up in New Japan. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. So newest members of the Alpha Club. 
yeah, New Japan or Ring of Honor would immediately get a fucking spike. I mean, yeah, they're not going to let those guys go <laughs> yeah. anytime soon. No but, way. But, uh, I mean, what, what was it, that, that splash, that running splash that Owens did on uh, Shinsuke on the announce table outside? That was huge. That was I mean, great. And that kept, pretty sure that was what kept Shinsuke out of the rest of the match, I think. Unless I'm just getting my times mixed up in it. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was good. It, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, if Daniel Bryan just goes straight heel and just joins them in that faction, or if it was just, he was standing up for what was right because Shane just was trying to screw him over because of his bad blood towards those two. So yeah, like you were saying, the storytelling in this, in this, in this match and this whole feud has been just spectacular and I'm ready to see what's going to go on, uh, tomorrow night from the fallout. Yeah, me too. And I think the big underlying theme in this one is Daniel Bryan is coming back. He's going to wrestle. I mean, he was going like head to head with Shane McMahon. I prefer if his first match or if he only has a few matches left. I don't think that him versus Shane is the way to go. Um, There's a lot better options. I mean, for instance, you know, Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke Nakamura, they were both in the same ring last night. That's a match that I know both guys have wanted for a long time. And then, of course, you have Ring of Honor alumni like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn that Daniel Bryan could be wrestling and stuff. So, but Daniel Bryan's coming back, and and I don't know if it's going to be in the WWE. I'm assuming that it will be based on what I saw last night. But get ready because you can see you can see it in Daniel Bryan's eyes. You can you can see it in his attitude right now. Like he's getting ready to wrestle again, and I'm excited about that. So we'll see what's next for all those guys involved. And the last match of the night, the main event. AJ Styles defeated Jinder Mahal by submission with the calf crusher in 29 minutes to retain the WWE Championship. This was far and away Jinder's best match of his career, and it was still Jinder just doing Jinder. Let's, let's just be honest, right? I mean, this this isn't the same as AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns, for instance, where, yeah, AJ Styles carried Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns still put on... He had to still be in the right spot. I mean, and gender too, but but Reigns is bringing a different set of tools to the table. Reigns is bringing way more credibility to the table than a guy like Jinder Mahal is in, in every way, shape, and form. Um, but that being said, this was Jinder's best match by far. Um, Zach is such a Jinder fan that he actually fell asleep during this match. We were sitting here on the, on the, on this couch actually watching the show, and Zach fell asleep, so I'm not going to get his thoughts on this one. <laughs> But um, this was a good match. You know, there was a lot of stuff on the outside to begin with. Jinder did a lot of uh, moves on, like, the announce table, the exposed guardrail, stuff like that. And the story was that Jinder was working AJ Styles' ribs in midsection. And AJ was working Jinder's leg, for the most part. And... It was a good match, and Styles just shows everybody once again why he's the best in the world in any company at professional wrestling. I mean, he's just, he's phenomenal. It's so cliche to say it, but he is. The fact that he can he can bring that good of a match out of a guy like Jinder Mahal is incredible. And yes, Jinder deserves some credit here. I'm not saying this was a completely one-sided, all AJ Styles, but AJ was what made this match and gender just ha- basically gender just had to not screw up and he didn't. So, you know, kind of the ending sequence for the most part, we see AJ hits a 450 splash, a springboard 450 onto gender 
after he's already got hurt ribs. Even the announcers and AJ, you could tell, were like, I shouldn't do this. The crowd was like, you shouldn't do this, but then he he did it anyways. Hurt his ribs on the 450, goes for the pinfall. The Singh brothers try to pull Jinder out of the ring. AJ jumps over the top rope with a phenomenal forearm to one of the Singh brothers, grabs the other Singh brother, and hits a Styles Clash on the outside, goes back into the ring, eats a Coloss from Jinder Mahal, and everyone's like, oh great, here it is. But AJ kicks out. Uh, Jinder goes for another, I can't remember what the exact final sequence is. I think he goes for a Coloss that AJ just kind of swings he, out of. I, I read someone, he went for, uh, like, he was getting mocked, like, Jinder was mocking AJ. Oh, he was going to go for the Styles Clash. Clash. That was it. That was it. Because, yeah, Jinder had also, he had previously hit a, a shell-shocked Ryback style at one point. I was like, that's just ironic as hell. These, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but you get what I'm saying here. Look at the look of those two guys. So he hits a, he hits a shell-shocked on him. But, yeah, you're right. He was going for the Styles Clash, and... AJ flipped out of it, landed on his feet, right into the calf crusher. And as Jinder was trying to get to the ropes, AJ kept his leg hooked and like wrapped his arms around Jinder's body and barrel rolled him back into the middle of the ring with the calf crusher still hooked and was like twerking his toe at the end. And, and that was it. Uh, Jinder tapped out to the, you know, the delight of people like myself who. You know, I was talking about this being such a great show and all these great matches. Had Jinder Mahal won this match, I probably wouldn't be tuning into SmackDown on Tuesday. Like, I just really would have no interest in watching a show where he's the champion again. Uh, But AJ keeps the belt, and I'm very, very happy about that. I don't know what's next, but he did kind of call out Lesnar again, kind of on Talking Smack. And that's a match I would definitely watch again. I would much rather see an AJ Styles rematch with Brock Lesnar than Kane or Braun Strowman. Um, yeah. or a triple threat between the three. I don't like that at all. You know what would be cool, now that I'm thinking about it? Would be, like, a second-chance multi-man match at the Royal Rumble. Like, all the people that Lesnar's beat in, like, the last year in, like, a big four-way match or something, all the people he's individually beat, like, have some sort of match where it's, like, in a promotional, like... I mean, this is way out there, but it's just an idea where you maybe have, like, it's Brock versus AJ Joe... Um, in Strowman or something, because like all three of those guys had one-on-one chances against him, but couldn't get the job done. I'm sure I'm missing other people in Goldberg. there. Goldberg. Oh yeah, that'd be that. Well, but Goldberg's retired. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Oh no, are... we should say since he's won the title from Goldberg. Okay. Um. So I don't know how. I, I'm sure I'm missing more people there. But if you're not going to do something original. You know, if you're not going to do Finn Balor, which is what everybody wants, including Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, I think. Uh, I have no problem with someone like AJ getting another chance. I'd much rather see AJ versus Brock again than uh, Brock versus Strowman again, easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd really like to see Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar again. The Demon Finn versus Brock. That's what everyone... That's, yeah. that's what should be happening. That's easily what should be happening. But, you know, we'll see what happens next. Um, Zach, given that you didn't see the main event, but based on what I said and what you read, um, as well as seeing the rest of this card out of two thumbs up, two thumbs down, two thumbs wherever, one thumb, one quarter thumb, where you got this, uh, this show, WWE Clash of Champions 2017? Um, I mean, it, it exceeded expectations, uh, despite me missing the main event just from being way too tired from the work schedule. That's what we'll go with. Um, I'll do just... I'll go one thumb up. 
All right. One full thumb. And one full thumb is not a bad not a bad score on our rating system, you know, because we have given things thumbs down, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you can get a two thumbs down. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. Don't, do not watch this show. Um, I'm going to give this show one and a quarter thumbs up. So just a little bit better than one thumbs up. Uh, not quite two, not quite one and a half, but pretty close. One and a half is pretty damn good show. We'll put it that way. Two is like, Go watch this right now. Turn the podcast off and go watch this right now. Two will be Wrestle Kingdom. Two will probably be Wrestle Kingdom this year. Yeah. And that's uh, that's coming up soon. Looking forward to that. Uh, but as far as this goes, uh, that's going to be it for this podcast. Uh, Zach, have anything you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, I'm all good, man. Appreciate you having me on again. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Make sure to check me out on Twitter, everyone, at Fightalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T. T-A-L-K underscore. Got a Facebook group as well. Just search Fight Talk Podcast or search at Fight Talk Podcast, all one word. Got a Twitch channel as well. I still mess around with a little bit. Uh, still playing around with that. That's just like my Twitter, at Fight Talk underscore. Uh, if you want to support the podcast even more than you already do, check out whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, anything you think of. All shapes, sizes, colors, you know, designs. Got multiple designs. Check it out. Please support the podcast over there at whatamaneuver.net. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fight Talk podcast on iTunes and on Google Play. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and comment. Please give me a five-star rating and put any review you want on there. It helps the podcast out so much that I'm going to give you some free stuff, courtesy of the sponsors that I'm going to mention right now. Uh, You will get something free from me and my sponsors if you just go on there and you hit the five-star rating and leave a review. That's going to be from my friends at Heroes and Legends, my friends at WrestleRumble.com, and Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. So, and I shouldn't, I got to stop saying Delgado Boxing because that's not going to be a thing soon. But Brian Jensen, the MMA boxing cornerman instructor coach. We'll just say that. So thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, I don't know what's going to be next. I don't know if we're going to be doing MMA or pro wrestling next. But either way, I'll be back soon. Hey,